0: Funding for this podcast comes from the members of Massachusetts Public Radio and the John A. and Maria L. Douglas Foundation, supporting investigative journalism on public radio stations across America and from listeners like you.
1: Mermaids of Murrow's Cove is a serial podcast. Please be sure to listen to the episodes in order. This is Episode 6, Journey's End. If you like what you hear, please rate and review the podcast in iTunes.
2: Call me right away. Reverend Smith has been arrested, my dad was suspended from the case, and Dr. Ananda is missing. Emma, your cousin Henry is in custody. He's considered a person of interest. Call me as soon as you can and stay safe.
3: I'm Emma Kersey from Massachusetts Public Radio. You're listening to Mermaids of Murrow's Cove.
4: The town where it all started was swallowed by the sea. At least, that is what we were told by the reverend. Nobody cared, though. The first village, whose name I don't even remember, was a place of misery and hunger. After the Irishman, his daughter, and the fishermen left, those of us left behind saw nothing but suffering. It was all part of a bigger plan. We didn't know it, but our penance was the path to freedom. You read it in my diary. It was the beginning of spring when we went on that fateful witch hunt. The Irishman's daughter had to be burned at the stake. She was wicked. She came to us in dreams and sowed impure thoughts in men. She conjured winds and storms that killed the crops. She poisoned the sea. We were dying of starvation. We thought she had to die for us to survive. We walked all day and all night singing and praying. Reverend Charles Smith led us through the mountains and the rocky shores. His preaching kept us going. He promised abundance once the witch was gone. God would reward us, we would be blessed. We arrived at Marrow's Cove, exhausted and hungry. You look surprised, Emma, as if you were expecting the story to end anywhere else. Marrow's Cove, the mermaid's shelter, a place hand-picked by the gods of the ocean. Where else could the story begin? As I was saying, we were exhausted. Our limbs were so weak we could barely hold the weapons we carried to slay the witch. I walked into that town expecting to die, I know many did. The witch and its minions would be waiting for us and we would be too tired and too hungry to fight back. There was no battle though. Instead, the Irishman, his daughter, and his followers were waiting for us with a feast. The smell of roasted pork was suspended in the air like the most fragrant perfume we had ever smelled. A table as long as the only street in the village was covered with the most beautiful display of food we had ever seen. There were pies and stuffed birds. There were fruits of colors so bright they seemed as if they had been hand-painted. The spread was there for us. It was our welcome party. The men and women dropped their weapons and without a word ran to the table full of treats. The Reverend and I stayed behind. In horror, we watched the entire village selling their souls to the devil for a piece of meat. The wine followed soon after. By nightfall, the center of town was an orgy of gluttony and intoxication. Reverend Smith and I slept outside of town on the cold ground. I dreamed of joining the rest of the village. I was so hungry and so cold that I would have never dared to go against the reverend's wishes. The Irishman woke us. He delivered his speech with a warm and welcoming smile. There was no threat in his voice because he knew he had won already. He gave the Reverend a choice. Stay and continue preaching the word of the Lord. Let the new God be a guest in the altar of the ancient ones, or leave his people and let them forget Jesus, his Father, and the Holy Spirit. You know already what he chose. I didn't have a say in the matter. My fate was sealed by his decision. Everything the Irishman promised became true. We lived happily in prosperity. We never wanted for anything. We knew this paradise had a cost. The Irishman had been honest with us from the beginning. He said the gods would expect a gift, but nobody cared to ask what that gift was until there was no coming back from the horror. Until Mary Wilkins was taken. It's
3: Mark. I'll let it go to voicemail.
5: Nadia! you become... um... A woman? (laughs) I was actually going to say mermaid.
4: The two go hand in hand. This is the part of my story that matters to you, Emma. This is what leads to the truth. Okay. Tell me then. After Mary's sacrifice and her mother's suicide, the men decided that no more girls from our village would be offered as gifts. They thought the sea gods didn't care who the gift was or where they came from. They were wrong. You see... A sacrifice is not a sacrifice if there is no suffering. Gods enjoy tormenting their worshippers. Gods feed on fear and grief. Throwing a complete stranger into the ocean didn't produce any of those things. We tried. When the time for the next gift came around, Reverend Smith kidnapped an Indian girl and offered her to the gods. She washed ashore dead only hours later, and what followed was fury like we hadn't seen before. A storm so strong, the roofs of our houses blew away. Waves so high, the streets of Marrow's Cove became an extension of the sea. They wanted a real gift. They wanted our pain. I volunteered. Marrow's Cove was on the brink of disappearing. Some of its inhabitants had been taken by the current already, but nobody was willing to let their daughters go. The gods wanted a woman, they told me after I offered myself. I know they would have loved to throw me in the ocean if they thought I could appease the gods, but I was not the gift the ancient ones wanted. Overwhelmed by fear, but also full of determination, I decided to become what the gods wanted. So I yelled at the men, if they want a woman, a woman I'll become. Before anybody could stop me, I grabbed a knife and with one clean stroke, I cut off my genitals. (laughs) Yes, John, it was painful. There was so much blood blood that tainted the flooded streets of Mero's Cove. I begged for them to take me. I begged the gods to accept my sacrifice. I threw myself in the current and I was taken away. My body was beaten and dragged until I lost consciousness. I woke up many days later. I had a new body, a new voice. I also had knowledge, ancient knowledge vested to all daughters of Agliope. That
5: story is insane.
4: Nadia, I'm not saying I don't believe you. I just don't know- Emma, I don't need your approval or your faith. I told you, what you do with my truth is up to you. I just want to find the connection with
3: Alice's murder.
4: Emma, I'm trying to help you in the best way that I can. There are rules. I can't intervene without consequences. Everything you need to find, the truth, you now have. You're a smart woman, Emma. Think. Truly open your mind and see the signs. They are all there. Thank you, Nadia.
3: I think we'll head back to Moreau's Cove now.
4: Of course. I hope you don't mind if I don't walk you to the door. I just want to stay here, admiring the calm before the storm. I didn't
3: know there was a storm coming.
5: <laughs> now before we go, I don't think you ever told us the name of the Irish fella's daughter.
4: Alice. Alice Fitzgerald.
5: I don't believe that she is a 200-years-old mermaid, but I believe now there is some truth in her story. What do you mean? Your town is run by some kind of of hundreds-of-year-old cult, and part of their rituals are maybe to throw girls into the ocean. But Nadia said that they have to be local girls. Alice wasn't local. But what if that has changed over time? Or... What if, because she and Alice Fitzgerald had the same name, she could be a good candidate? At the end, we know, however, that it didn't work. Sure didn't Alice wash ashore alive. Her look was odd, but she was not a mermaid. Hmm. I don't know.
3: Something is missing. I can almost see the entire picture, but there is something missing. Let me check Mark's message. Hang on.
2: Emma? I need you to call me right away. Reverend Smith has been arrested, my dad was suspended from the case, and Dr. Ananda is missing. And my your cousin Henry is in custody. He's considered a person of interest. Call me as soon as you can, and stay safe.
0: Oh, God. I call him back!
2: Where are you?
3: on my way back from Newport.
2: Your friend, the detective from Boston, is wreaking havoc. What do you mean? He stopped Mr. Smith from taking Alice's body. He brought a coroner from Boston who, in two minutes, declared it a murder. No real doctor can determine that so fast.
3: Unless it's extremely obvious. Ah,
2: Don't start, Emma. I shouldn't even be calling you. I only did because Henry's in jail. Your mom is a mess and your dad and your uncle are threatening to kill the detective.
3: Oh my god,
2: what are the charges against Henry? can't tell you that. Come on, Mark. You are recording. I'll be in enough trouble when everybody finds out I called you. Get here soon, Emma, and be careful. The doctor is missing, and I'm sure, like everybody else in town, he must blame you for this mess.
3: John and I stopped at a diner
5: off the highway. The Parthenon Diner? Yes,
3: Parthenon. There are Greek sculptures in the corners and a terrible mural of what I guess is a vineyard with a fat guy drinking from a carafe.
5: Sure, that's not bad at all. And wouldn't that be Dionysus or Dionysus, whatever the god of wine?
3: I asked to stop here because we need a plan before we get to town. My family hates me and mostly blames me for what's happening to Henry. Detective Jason went all rogue without letting me know
5: what he said he would do. And crazy alleged murderer, that Dr. Ananda, isn't he on the loose? Sure, maybe he's looking for you. Why would he be looking for me? I don't know. Could it be that you're the one who brought attention to Alice's murder and got the Boston police involved? Okay, so maybe he is. Called Nurse Russo. You think she'll know something? She knows the man, and she always seems to be one step ahead of us, if you know what I mean. It's worth the shot. She may know where he's hiding.
3: Yeah, good point.
6: I was waiting for your call. So you know what's going on? Come and meet me. I'm at the Motel 8 right outside town. You are in danger, Emma, and so is your family. You have ruined more than you can imagine. Ananda will take his revenge any way he can. You think he'll go after my parents? Come and meet me. ever turn that thing off, Emma? Not these days. Why did you make me come here? You did your part of the deal. Ananda is on the run. Those really involved in the crime are in jail. The target is off my back. Thank you. Now, I want to do my part and tell you the rest of the story for your podcast. I really appreciate this, but we can do the recording later. If you think my family is in danger, I need to go be with them. I'm leaving for good. See those two suitcases over there? That is all I own, or at least all I hope I need. I'm keeping my word, giving you a final interview, and then I'm heading to the airport. I have had enough of this town's bullshit. Okay, leave him to do the interview. He can take my car and meet you afterward. I'll take a taxi to the airport.
5: Yeah, I can do that, Emma. You go check on your parents.
6: Though, if I were you, I would send him to check on your family. They may be more receptive to him telling them they're in danger rather than you. What do you mean? I mean, they kind of hate you right now. And if you show up telling them their lifelong friend, Dr. Ananda, is out to kill them, they may not believe you. They may believe him, though.
5: And why would they believe me and not their own daughter?
6: You have that face that makes people want to humor you, you know? Oh, okay, John. You probably are out of your mind, but we'll go on ahead to the police station, just because we know you mean well.
5: (laughs) Well, that's not funny or true.
3: Go. Take your car and go. Get my mom and dad to the police station. Hey, are you
5: crazy?
3: She's right. If I show up there, it'll turn into a screaming match, and Ananda will be there before we know it. Go. I'll text you when I'm done here.
5: Uh, You know, I don't like this.
3: Neither do I. You
6: wanted him to go home. Now tell me. What is it that you don't want to say in front of him? You are a smart girl. He won't find anybody at your parents' house. They're safe and sound already. I'm breaking the rules by telling you, but at least you are a merrow's cover. I may get away with it. Telling an outsider is punished by death, and I'd rather not take my chances. Anyway, I really want to get out of here. You believe the mermaid bullshit, too? That's not important. What matters is what we'll do. There are those who believe in the stories... How far will they be willing to go, those who pray to the ancient gods? Stop the riddles, please. Ananda is the ringmaster, but the whole town is an accomplice. Every single resident of Merrow's Cove knows what's being done to those women, to the sacrifices. Your parents, your brother, your cousin Henry, everybody you know. That's ridiculous. My parents would never do that. Emma, this is not the first time this has happened. Sacrifices have been offered to pagan gods for centuries in this town. People... Most people in Marrow's Cove believe the stories and follow the rules. You don't. I want out. I'm done. That's different. If everybody's in on it, how come I didn't know? Your parents probably didn't think you could handle it. They probably figured early on that you'd leave town and never come back. You were never a small-town kind of kid. Why bother sharing the town's darkest secret with you? That, That just doesn't make
3: any sense. Honestly, this feels like an episode of The Twilight Zone. I don't know
6: who to believe. I don't know what to believe. You do. You already made up your mind. You know what's true and what's not true. And you're just having a hard time accepting the truth. Then tell me the full story. Everything you know. You already know most of it. But I'll summarize for you and maybe that'll help you accept it. So, since the time of the Founders, once in a generation a girl must be offered as a gift to the gods. In return, we get peace prosperity, longevity, Merrow's Cove exists, connected, and at the same time separated from the ugliness of the rest of the world. We are here. Outsiders can see us and visit us, but they cannot contaminate us with their anger and hate. We are protected. By the mermaids? Uh, I meant to tell you early on when I first heard your podcast, calling the ancient gods mermaids is quite disrespectful. It is a mockery of their divinity. They are sea gods. They are creatures older than time. What happens if there's no sacrifice? My guess is Alice doesn't count. If a gift is not offered, the town will be destroyed. And with all of its inhabitants, Merrow's Cove will be swallowed by the ocean. Nobody will remember us and nobody will miss us. You're giving me a serious
3: brainwashed cult member vibe right now. And that seems a little out of character for you.
6: When did you become so devoted? I have always been devoted. I played my part. I did what I was supposed to do. I sacrificed it all. Now, that journey is ending and I feel free to go. You really do love your
3: riddles, don't you?
6: I need to get going, Emma. I wish you luck. Take my car. Go to Sandy Point Beach. Why? What's there? That's where it starts and that's where it ends. You want the last piece of the puzzle? Go find it there. Bye, Emma.
3: Detective Jason, it's Emma Kersey. I know a lot has happened in the past few hours. I don't know how much you know about what's going on, but I need you to call me back as soon as possible. I'm heading to Sandy Point Beach. Maybe it's stupid. For all I know, the doctor could be waiting there for me. Meet me there. I mean, I could use someone there. Thanks.
2: This is Mark Delaney. Leave me a message after the tone.
3: Mark, call me back. I'm not sure what's going on. I need to talk to you right away. I'm heading to Sandy Point Beach. Meet me there in 15. John, call me back. Let me know how my parents are doing. I'm heading to Sandy Point Beach. Meet me there. What is happening here? What's everybody doing here? Mom? Hi, sweetheart. Come grab my hand. Mom? What's going on? Why is everyone from town here? Hold my hand, Emma. Let's walk. I'm not going anywhere until you tell me. Mark? Let Let me go! Walk
2: with us, Emma. You are safe. You'll be fine.
3: Excuse me if I don't believe you, Mark.
2: Don't make it difficult, Emma. Please. We can't drag you. You need to walk on your own.
3: Dad? Please, Henry! Please, someone! Mom, let me go! Just walk with us and everything will be okay. Where are we going? Just closer to the water. Come down, sweetheart. You're not in danger. We're your family, and we love you. Alice? What the hell is going on? Alice, you
0: were... Alive. (laughs) Let her go. She won't go anywhere.
3: What? I won't stay here and... and... Where are you going to go,
0: Emma? Do you think you can outrun an entire town (laughs) wearing those shoes? Let her go. Your journey ends here. What? This is the part where you kill me, drown me, whatever you crazy people do? Sweet Emma, the girl who nobody would miss. Don't look at me like that. That is not an insult. It is an honor to be the one that nobody will miss. You are a gift. A gift from the merciful gods. You are all crazy! I will help you understand. Enlighten me. I know Nadia told you her story, and I know, because I know my sister would never break the rules, that she stopped right before her revelations could get her in trouble. I'm not in the mood for another folk story. Whatever you're about to do, just do it. There is no need for anger, Emma. All that is about to happen is beautiful. You will understand. You will want it.
3: Tell me. Tell me what's next, Alice. Get it over with. Nadia's sacrifice
0: touched the hearts of the gods, so in return they gave us mercy and knowledge. Nadia came back to guide our town. You see, even though I am related to the gods, they never spoke to me, not in the way they do to Nadia. They shared visions with me. They let me know what they wanted through images. Nadia could hear their voices, and they had a message for us. Every generation, a woman from Murrow's Cove had to offer herself to the gods. The gift had to volunteer, offer herself willingly, the same way Mary Wilkins did. It sounded to me like Mary didn't volunteer. She was chosen and obligated. You only know what Nadia wrote in her diary.
3: Mary was honored to be chosen. She understood the same way you will. You're telling me then that all gifts have volunteered themselves and their families are okay with giving away their daughters? After what happened to Mary, the gods understood how painful this was. So they
0: gave us a gift. Every generation, a child would be born a troublemaker. A child whose actions would separate her from any other child born in that generation. A child so opposite to the values of Moreau's Cove, nobody would miss her when she was gone. We are people of peace and harmony. The Chosen One would be chaos. You are the Chosen One, Emma. This is insane. Mom, please stop this. There is no point in fighting, Emma. Now it's time you turn that thing off. I won't. Look at their faces. Look at the faces of all of those you love. Their lives are in your hands right now. Look at the sky. A storm is coming.
3: That's impossible. The sun was just here two seconds ago. Give yourself to them, Emma. What would happen to me if I do?
0: You'll become one of them. If I step into the water, I'll become a mermaid? (laughs) You'll become part of the gods. There are many ways to do that. They will decide what your destiny is.
3: Tell me why the charade? Why make me investigate your murder? Why didn't you just bring me to the beach on the first day I got here and dump this whole thing on me? If you don't drown, everybody dies. Because you needed to find out the truth on your own. You needed to believe in the gods. If
0: you don't believe in their existence, then their sacrifice is useless. I don't believe in them. You can see it as well as I can. Weeks ago you would have thought this was a coincidence. Now you know it is them. I needed you to dig into the past because you would never have sacrificed yourself unless you discover the truth on your own. All chosen girls are the same. We've learned that through the decades. I won't do this. You will, Emma. You want to do it. I see it in your eyes. Stop fighting it. Now give me that thing. Let's stop recording.
5: When I arrived at the Kersey's house, the place was empty. I knocked on the door several times. There was no answer. No sounds were coming from inside the house either. Finally, I decided to go through the kitchen door in the back. As I expected, the door was unlocked. I walked through the entire house yelling the names of Emma's parents. They weren't there. I recognized the smell of several house cleaners. The place was immaculate. Mrs. Kersey prided herself on keeping a tidy home, but this just felt different. When I walked into the living room, I noticed the large picture of Emma holding a trophy was missing. And a darker shade of blue marked the space on the wall where the portrait had hung for many years. Now, after ten minutes, I assumed they were all at the police station. Henry was detained and Emma's dad wanted to kill Detective Jason. It made sense that they'd all be there. It was, though, when I arrived at the center of town that I realized something was wrong. The town was empty. All the buildings were closed. There were no people at all in the streets. And I noticed I had missed a call from Emma. That message sounded frantic. She was heading to the beach and wanted me to join her. Mm, An unsettling feeling washed over me. She was in danger, I, I could feel it. Now, I was about to walk to the police station when I noticed it. How could I not have seen it before? Sure, it was huge. There was a large table crossing the entire main street, and in the middle, big and golden brown, was a roasted pig. I ran into my car and drove to Sandy Point Beach like a daredevil. There were no cars at all on the road. I drove with tears rolling down my cheeks. I cursed myself for my stupidity for letting Emma go alone. And I prayed to God, which I never do now, but I felt as if he was the only one that could help us now. When I arrived at the beach, there was only one figure standing on the shore. Her long hair was flowing in the soft autumn breeze. She was smiling. Her face looked more beautiful than ever. She seemed to glow.
4: Hello, John. Where's Emma? She's gone, John. Her journey in this life is over. She started a new one. A new, fantastic, amazing journey. Hey, you crazy lunatic. You, you killed her? Well, we didn't kill her. Don't get upset. She walked into the ocean on her own will. The way it was meant to be. Don't be sad, John. She's okay.
5: I'm going to bring the police here. I I will stop you and all the crazies in this town.
4: There's nothing you can do to get Emma back. She's moved on, and so should you. She's not suffering. Maybe you can find solace in that fact. An entirely new world to explore has opened up for her. She will rejoice for eternity. Oh my God, you're you're all
5: crazy.
4: Take this, John.
5: Her recorder.
4: Leave town. Tell her story. Tell our story. It is time for the world to know. Isn't that
5: breaking some rule?
4: (laughs) I think it's time to test the limits of these rules. I have followed like a good servant for 200 years. I think it's time to take a risk here and there. What's the worst that can happen?
5: I contacted the Boston police. They had never heard of Detective Jason. Alice's family and friends, those we interviewed in Episode 5, they were nowhere to be found either. Their phones were disconnected, and any attempts to find them was unsuccessful. They were all part of the charade. Actors? Cult members from other towns? I don't know. To be honest, there's very little I do know. The more I thought about our investigation, the more I realized we never gathered any evidence ourselves. All facts we learned, all clues we found, were given to us by someone connected to the town. Nurse Russo gave us Alice's identity, and then magically a girlfriend showed up. We didn't question it. We were so eager to find answers, we didn't notice that the answers were spoon-fed to us. We were told Alice was found on the beach, but we never saw a picture of it. We were also told she was dead, and now I know that was not true. Emma and I were the fools. We started playing without knowing a game was being played, and as expected, we lost. After begging, threatening, and then begging again, the Boston police reached out to Emma's family. They told the police Emma had had a mental breakdown and she was taking some time to heal at an undisclosed facility. Dr. Ananda corroborated their story and Chief Delaney told them that Emma had filed a restraining order against me. They all said her mental breakdown had to do with me because I had harassed her and stalked her until she couldn't take it. I was told I was lucky the family didn't want to press charges against me. I don't know what else to do. I am out of sources. I honestly don't know where to turn and I don't know who to trust. But I do know I must share Emma's story. As Nadia told us, take this truth and do with it as you please. I know the truth. I know what happened to Emma Kersey. What you believe or not is up to you. I am John Murphy and I'll keep looking for my friend Emma. And you haven't heard the last of Mermaids of Merrow's Cove.
1: Mermaids of Merrow's Cove was written by Ricardo Henriquez and recorded and edited by Julie Fredino. Our cast, who generously donated their talents, are Peter Lynch as John Murphy, Julie Fredino as Emma Cursey, Deanna David as Nurse Russo, Simon Rich as Dr. Ananda. Michelle Morgan as Nadia. Joseph DiMaggio as Mark Delaney. Amanda Versalone as Amanda Kersey. Bill Soutet as Chief Delaney. Alicia Martindale as Meredith Matthews. Tom Donato as Charles Smith and Detective Jason. Michael Hayes as Nick Johnson. Rick Hall as Cousin Henry. Holly Massey as Rebecca Greenberg and Jennifer Sapansky. Kate Hay as Elizabeth Crocker, Ricardo Henríquez as Jose, Eli Jackson as Eli Johnson, and Colleen Caffin as Alice Crocker. I'm Anthony Moten. Please rate and review us in iTunes. Mermaids of Morrow's Cove is a Midnight Eggs production.
3: Miss Banji
1: Miss Vanji. Thank Miss Vanji, you are a very stubborn woman. <laughs> Miss Vanji.